Okay. Uh, passages from 1 John uh, 1, through five, 1, 5 through 1 John 2 to 1. Uh, this is the second installment of a series on 1 John. I just encourage you to uh, pull out the book if you've got it. If you need a Bible, let us know. We'd be glad to give you one. Uh, but uh, we'll be doing 1 John for the next uh, several weeks until Advent. Okay, here you go, 1 John. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor at Christ Central Church. And as Pastor Giorgio said, we're going to continue our sermon series in First John, and like I, you know, asked you last week, this is a, a recommended to you last week. This is a good time that um, if you've never really opened the Bible, you've got a Bible, you want to break it in, you want to get a new one, and you know, get it to a place where people see it. Man, you really read your Bible. This is um, this is the time to do that. You know, take this. Scripture home. I will tell you that First John, like the Gospel of John, it has it's just pretty deep. It has a lot of ins and outs, and um, you know we try to cover as much of that in the sermons um, as possible. But it is just so good um, to get together and read it with somebody else, maybe a group of y'all, talk about it. Um, are we going to list some books online eventually? Yeah, um, check for online at our website. And we'll recommend some books, some commentaries, which are kind of guiding books, you know, through this stuff. And just take a little time in this book. I mean, last week, um, we saw and experienced the word, um, in, in word, the grounding of Christianity. Um, taking Christianity from just being some sort of spiritually known and discerned faith and brought it to its physical reality in Jesus Christ. Um, that we can really, that word real, that we could really know God in his church, uh, through his people, in its, in his means of grace. The words, uh, the scriptures, the sacraments, the relationships between each other. But like the believers then, today, there is so much confusion of what Christianity is and how we should live it. Things have gone gray for us. There are so many churches, so many denominations, so many messages, so many television channels. It just kind of mixes it up and someone comes along and says, no, don't listen to this guy. Yes, listen to this guy. Do this, do that. Cut your hair, make your hair grow long, wear these pants, wear this skirt, do this, do that. Christianity is grace. We have all the terms and feelings and experiences and hurts and, 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 and churches and so many different kind of churches and all the spiritual mumble jumble. What is authentic Christianity? Stark, 
clear faith in Jesus Christ. Not just religion, but relationship, working out religion in reality. How and where does this thing start? John, in the passage we will look at today, is developing the the yin and yang, if you will, of Christianity. With the terms light and dark. Simply put, light is right, dark is wrong. God is light, God revealed in Jesus and his word is right, and we, without him in our own uh, ways of doing things, are lost. We're in the dark, we are alone. But here in this passage is also, we also find hope extended. That, that, that God, uh, this God of light shines his light into the darkness, into this world. Jesus, the light of the world, has come to a dark world and reaches into the dark places of our very existence. Reaching even the deepest secrets of our hearts that are slowly killing our souls. Reaching and grabbing the real you inside the fake you and bringing you out. Reaching in and bringing light to our confused understanding of the gospel. Bringing us out, bringing light to the way that we destroy our own relationships here. Now John clearly says this here, that God is light. The scripture says there in verse five, this is a message we've heard from him and to declare to you, God is light in him. There is no darkness. And he adds this at all. (laughs) What does this imply? What does this mean that that God is pure, that he is all truth? He's all beauty. He's all rightness. He's all goodness, all clarity. The very source of anything we see and experience is good or right and beautiful. God isn't in the light, but God is the very light. The God of the Bible is perfection and goodness and purity and rightness. And, and John is saying this light, this goodness, this purity, this rightness has come into the world. In Jesus, and that Jesus is, is living in his word and the life of his church. But not only does the term light point to God's purity, but to his pervasive knowledge and insightfulness. What does light imply? John is saying God sees and knows and finds all. And in doing so, he reveals things and people and circumstances and ethics and actions for what they really are. God can see the very motivations of everything and everyone. Not what we may have determined they are, but he's actually in his light informing us, showing humanity what is true and good and right and, and or, or exposing what is evil or bad or false. He is not only the light on the path, God himself is the guide. He's teaching and guiding and informing us what is what along the way in our world, in our hearts, in our relationships, in our understanding of him. But what does this mean for us? Look with me at verse six. It says this, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. It is a very simple Yet hard to hear a message here. Apart from being in the light, enlightened ourselves by God through Jesus, we don't have 
a chance to be okay with God. There's no special concession here. I mean, light and God is light does not, the scripture says, have relationship. Well, well, better yet, fellowship here, friendship with darkness. Now, the other group that John was kind of countering, the Gnostics, had this spiritual view that was hidden. You know, this this kind of secret, silent, dark connection with God in the dark of spiritual things. Like we do, you know, when we close our eyes to pray. And there's nothing wrong with closing your eyes to pray. But but kind of, you know, sometimes I'm praying and, and in the dark you can think and believe all sorts of things about how you look or how God looks or even imagine how he sees or accepts you. I mean, you can escape the reality of your dark and evil and hard world for the dark of a dream, a fantasy. And that feels like light. The Gnostics were in their their call. They were calling to this heightened spirituality. They were saying, close your eyes to this world and your actions or, or what you actually did or experienced and know God in yourself in this mystic place that nobody can see. That This kind of hidden light makes things too real. They ironically held that revelation was best in the dark, per se, than the light of God's given information. You know that feeling you get when you leave the movie theater? Oh, especially when it's a good movie. Man, you're in there, you're in the action, you're in the story, you're in the dark, and you come out and it's light. And it's like, man, it's over. I was there, I was with Batman, I was with Superman, I was in the story. And you wake up and back to the real world. John comes back and says, God is light. He is pure and holy and he sees and he knows all. He sees the spiritual and the physical. His eyes are wide open to all you are and all you're doing and all that's going around you. He's calling it out for what it really is. Good or bad or right or wrong. And he's perceiving and revealing the desperate distance between you and him. Between you and his truth. Even if you close your eyes, no matter where the fantasy of your darkness takes you, God sees all real and right and you and him according to the light of his purity and knowledge. And the conclusion is that apart from living, walking in the relational acts of Jesus for you, you and me and God don't match. Light and darkness do not go together. Like you, I've gotten dressed in the dark before in my house. Maybe not the dark, but, you know, under some certain kind of light. Some of your lights are a little yellow. Some of your lights are a little wet. I don't know what kind of lights you have in your house. Sometimes you have fluorescent lights and you kind of get like and under certain wattages. Have you ever had it happen when you when you come out into the real light, into the sunlight? Oh, boy, stuff just it don't it don't match. I mean, it's the wrong yellow, you know, it's it's the wrong green. You got two different kinds and textures of blacks on, you know, that sock on the right foot is really blue. I mean, think about it. Light reveals all that is true and right. And it says, man, you thought that was black, but but that is a beautiful blue. 
Light reveals not only then what is bad, but it is true that rightly, that is rightly and truly blue on your right foot, but rightly and truly checkered black on your left. Light says it. You tried. You tried, but it doesn't match. It's like going to a party. Man, everybody looks good in the club. You ever notice that especially? It just all matches, you know. You got you got your shirt, you know. You got the strobe lights, you're moving. Doom, 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 doom. It, it, it's all in the darkness, in all these false light. I mean, plaid and stripes make sense in the darkness. I mean, you, you, you're cool in there. You're looking good. You're smelling right. You look. You mean, in the strobe lights, you can't. You know, you can't really tell. Your hair even looks good. You're swinging it around if you got this, or you whatever's going on. And and man, then when you get home. Or the next day, oh, I hate when they turn the lights on at a party. Boop, 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 boop. Party over. And the lights go on. You look around and you're like, what in the world? What was I thinking? I thought I was looking good. Until they turn on the lights. So the next morning when you wake up and you look at your pants and you look at your shirt, you think, man, why didn't your brothers tell me? Maybe she was laughing at me. God, the message, the gospel, the word, the sermon, the help Brother John is giving to us calls us to open our eyes in God's light, to come into that light. And when we come in contact with the light as those getting our lives together and getting dressed in darkness or or, or, or we're getting dressed in some sort of other kind of strobe light or yellow light or green light, whatever, you know, philosophy you, you, you live under, our lives come out when the word comes in and it says, you thought you were looking good, but you got dressed in the darkness. You ain't matching God. Your morality over here, and, and you think you do it, it, it's not right. And John says, if God is light and shines his light on us, if we look at our lives, we can't and don't go with a holy God. It, it, it just doesn't. Match. We fall short. We are blind to what is good and right. And where, where, where all of that goes, it, it is the human dilemma. John is saying when God says, I have no fellowship. If you're sin, you have no fellowship with him. John is saying, man, you are not hanging with God in that mismatched life, in that self-light, in those wrinkled clothing, in that wrinkled existence. You can hang with a perfect God. In this, John is beginning... To tell the story of the gospel. The message of the gospel, which is this. We are sinners. What's that mean? We are all born in darkness. We are born kind of seeing things in the wrong light. We get dressed in the dark. That's why he says anyone who says he does not sin, he is not telling the truth. They are lying. And so I see why it's kind of easy to hate the light. It exposes our dark ways. I don't always like it. And we do what the Gnostics do. We kind of separate God from the light. You know, sometimes when we hear something we like, God says, you know, yeah, God's in the light today. His fashion sense is right. His moral fashion sense is correct today. But if it doesn't go what we want, God's kind of. He a little off. He kind of old school. He kind of, he's 70s and this is the 
millennium. You know, he, God's kind of off. He kind of old school. It ain't working. And we begin to separate God from the light. We establish our own light and we say, God, today you're in the light because you're making me feel great. But tomorrow or the next day, it doesn't seem to work. I think when that real light of God hits your life, when that gospel comes in initially, it makes us feel like we feel the next day. Or when our friend says, man, you thought you were looking cute, but you were looking curious. <laughs> That's what Kelly's mom says. The gospel coming close to the character of God coming into his light, that pure and piercing character of God in his word here is like bringing out that yearbook. Uh-huh. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The yearbook pictures. Oh, my goodness. If I could get a hold of some of the yearbooks with y'all in it. Oh, my goodness. We'd laugh till next week. And it never was fair to the black people anyway. In my yearbook, they had the black and white pictures. Never fair to the black people. So you can't judge the black people. Because always got us coming out looking shiny. You know. Stereotypical, you know, he must have been eating some chicken or something before he took this picture. You know, he just kind of got that, you know, it's just really bad. Every picture, it. but man, that flash on most of us, it did not leave a lie or let us lie about ourselves. Some of y'all had emptied the bottle of hairspray to keep that hair feathered or high. I'm telling my age now. Or spiked like Kevin Bacon in Footloose. Or some of y'all emptied a body a bottle of Jerry Curl spray to stay silky and smooth. And what, what John is saying, the gospel light is like the flash. Jesus coming near our lives as y'all's hearts and lives look funny, wrong, twisted. And we hide that. We run back into the darkness. We put those revealing pictures that the gospel says about us. We close it up and we put it in a shelf behind the encyclopedias nobody sees anymore because we don't want to be exposed. We feel like I felt at that Jack and Jill party one night when I decided as an eighth grader at my first party that I would ask my friend's older, beautiful, popular sister to dance. I was feeling good about myself, y'all. I was preppy cool. I had the IZOD button down. I had the penny loafers with the shiny pennies. I had the polo tie with the matching cologne. Looking like the Cosby show. Dressing how I think would make me accept it. And I went over to ask her to dance. And you know how it goes. She did one of these. She kind of looked me up and down. I thought she was looking like this brother looked good. <laughs> and she looked me up and down and she didn't look me in my face. She goes, uh-uh, mm-mm, please. I don't think so. And I remember it seemed like my friends were on that side of the wall. It seemed like the room got a hundred yards long. It was the longest rejecting walk back. It was terrible. She saw me. said, you young man, you're not cool. You, you know car, car having young boy can't dance trying to look like Theo Huxtable. Come on, give me a break. 
You see, John's call here is not. I'm saying this for a reason here. John's call here is not what we have made it, though. That complete feeling of rejection we may get when we start talking about religious stuff. You see, God, the beautiful older one in the room, does not want you to walk back to the other side of the room. He doesn't want us to walk back in darkness. He doesn't want you to lie to yourself to say, oh yeah, I'm pretty good anyway, or, or live a life separated from him. You see, as much as the gospel is an exposure of what is morally twisted about our lives, our view of ourselves and God, the light exposes the hope. And promise that God will actually have relationship and fellowship with those who can't get it together on their own. You see, in this, the Lord is not pushing us into the darkness. I mean, it makes sense. Lord, you're flashing a light on me. I'm mismatched. I'm, I'm not popular. I'm not cool. I don't look right. My life doesn't have it together. I feel like a misfit. You're older. You're more beautiful, God. You're, you're awesome, God. And look at me. I'm, 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 a, I'm a spiritual nerd. I just can't fit in with everything you want in here. And every time somebody gets up to preach, or every time I come in contact with my Christian friends, or every time I turn on the TV, and there's this preacher on there, Lord, I want to run, but the gospel says the light of God comes not to make you run, but to expose you to something you may have never experienced before. An unconditional drawing love of one beautiful and perfect to those who are not. Jesus is about welcoming people to come into the light. And John is letting us know that the gospel is a call to a God-given purity. Now let's deal with one really big issue and misconception in Christianity that I believe this passage of the gospel clears up. We can all agree, like I said, that religions like Christianity are good at pointing out where you're wrong. You know us preachers and church lady types We major on revealing, condemning nature of the light. The theme of the Bible Belt has become, you're in the light, we see how bad you are, now get right. Or be so ashamed that you get out of the way so we can have church. So we can take over God's kingdom. We need all y'all evil folk. Move on out the way. We can see who you are. Look how you dress. Look what music you listen to. Move on out the way. Let real Christianity come through. Do good, right? That's what you've heard all your life. Christianity is about showing you where you're wrong and then telling you to get it together. Do good. Do better. But the gospel, guess what? Oh, this is awesome. John anticipates this is going to happen. He anticipates what this will create. A religion of hypocrites. A religion of fakers. A religion of self-righteous, mean people. I mean, we, we begin to, who begin to find ways to make themselves look good. And so Christianity, I'm sorry for this, Christianity has become a religion of cover-up instead of with the gospel with John is intending to be an uncovering and freeing instead of a bondage. And we have gone one or two ways. Whenever you hear the gospel or, or come in contact with, with the word of God, we either hide 
We run away from religion because it's too impossibly abusive. Or we have, especially if you're one of these folk that show up here every week, you perform. You act. Oh, showtime! That's Christianity. Just a show. To pretend. To be a poor imitation of Dana Carvey's church lady. Or Martin Lawrence's mama in church. How can I say it or put it? It's a lie! What does the gospel say? Stop lying! Christianity's not calling you to act or perform. Look at the structure here. All these years I've looked at this and I missed it. We must not have covered this in school, did we? Yeah, I think we did. I was in the back of the classroom doing something else. Because it tells us three times in a row what fellowship with God and each other looks like, what authentic Christianity is all about, what walking in the light is all about. Now, I'm, uh, now these go together. Okay, verse 6 and verse 7 go together. Okay, here we go. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, what? We lie and do not live by the truth. But then verse 7 goes in with it. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And what? The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, verses 8 and verses 9 go together. If we claim, here we go, if we lie, if we act like hypocrites, if we try to perform, if we try to hide, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves And what? The truth is not in us. Now, here, look how verse 9 goes with it. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all righteousness. Now, here comes the other couplet. Verse 10 in, cha- in, in chapter 1 and then verse 1 in chapter 2. If we claim we have not sinned, what? Here we go again. We make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. But then look what verse 1 says. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, what? We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. It's the full message. What is he saying? The first thing he says three times is the gospel. The light of the gospel gives us the ability to be real. Not this kind of fake real where you can just be a jerk all the time. You know, I'm a jerk. I'm real. No. (laughs) I'm authentic. I don't care about nobody. I don't care about nothing else. That's authentic, y'all. To be real. The gospel gives you the ability to be honest to yourself, about yourself, to be honest. Do you know that confession we did at the beginning? The gospel are the words, the message that helps you come out that faking, hypocritical, lying lifestyle in, in, in shell that you're in. And I'm talking to Christians too. Because man, we love shells. We love to hide. We love to look good. We got to. We said we were Christians. We, we church folk. So we, but the, the gospel says, come out of that shell. It, it, it says, quit, quit doing it. And that you, to be able to know and believe that you are a sinner. And it says, look, let me show you. One, two, three, four, all of these things has declared that you have not done well. 
that you don't match with God's holiness, that you're deserving of being rejected, that you and I have been bold enough in our lives to ask God for a dance on our terms and we were unholy, unknowledgeable about His goodness. And to me it's interesting, again, that John anticipates the erroneous message. I'm going to say it again of what much Christianity in church stuff has become. He says it three different ways. A lie of our lives and of God and of what Christianity is about. It saddens me because it's amazing how we fall into this performance of goodness instead of truly being good. And for the most part of us, and some of us, let me tell you the other side of y'all and me, there's a spiritual exercise. You know, I come into church and I'm just spiritual. That, that kind of ignores the reality of your actions. You know what happens? The church has become bipolar in its faith. You're either super spiritual and you deny anything you do wrong, or, 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 you, or, or you perform and show off and show out in all your goodness and can't declare, hey, I got problems, I'm a sinner, I'm fallen, that, that we are either in reaction to what the light exposes, a pretender that, that acts like a contender for God's love, or a soap opera, Calgon, take me away spiritualist, that drug themselves with this kind of lonely, self-directed, unaccountable contemplation, where it just leads you to a blind, utter depravity. You know, I like it. It's funny how, and, and I'm sure Pastor Georgia experiences it. You know, I'm out at the coffee shop chilling. I could be somewhere just hanging out, eating. And some, so, uh, the dreaded question. So, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, gosh, here we go. What, 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 the other day, guy was like, so, um, I see you working on your computer a lot. What are you doing here? I like to get online. <laughs> oh, Really? I'm like, please let him stop here. And he's like, well, you know, um, what you looking up? I'm like, just checking my emails. Man, what you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pastor. Just, just, it's always this two second silence. <laughs> and, and it's funny. And, and I think it's good. I think that's right. I think, I think that's a neat thing that there's a respect for that sort of thing. But, but then there's this two second silence and it's, man, one of two things. The same thing that happens when the light of the gospel comes, right? One of two things people think they need to do. Number one, well, that's nice. See you later. <laughs> they out. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Hang in there, brother. Woo, power to the people. Something like that. You're doing a good thing. Oh, that's so awesome. See ya. Or it's motor mouth. Well, man, let me tell you something. You know, and I had this in my life, but I'm doing good now. And, uh, you know, I did bad and, and I'm great, man. I'm awesome. You know, pastor. And it's just either one or two things. just kind of bipolar kind of people flip out. I mean, it's just weird. I'm like, hey, how you doing? We having a good conversation, chilling. You're a pastor. Oh, well, let me explain to you what I did. And, you know, I, I'm not bad. Those people are bad. And they go on and on. They either hide or stay in the dark or they come out the floor. God is saying... The gospel is saying, confess your sins. I am asking and freeing you. Level with yourselves and others and me to lighten up, to be real about what the light of God reveals through His Word, through the relationships and words of His church, through the heart interaction with what God has provided to quit walking in darkness, which is living, which is actually ironically living 
in the spotlight of your own performance because you're an actor. You're a liar. Had this experience when I was in a recent counseling session. I was the one undergoing the counseling. Okay, just letting y'all a little light now. I was doing the counseling. Yeah, Pastor Brown. Recently. Um, anyway, after a pretty rigorous session, I was feeling a little uneasy. Because all my stuff was out there. Well, these counselors, they, they hot. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. I'm just, I'm just sitting there. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. You know how they go. Next thing, oh my goodness, he just opened up my life and he just put it all out there. I'm just out there, all the evil, all the wrong. And, and, you know, he's doing it all out in front of the counselor and my woman, my wife sitting there. I mean, brothers don't like that kind of stuff. Just as you know, and the woman like, man, you are pretty rough, you know. Anytime you do kind of flex, why are you flexing? Can you please explain to me that? No! Leave me alone! I was feeling sore like somebody just did surgery on me. And here it was, the light revealing all kind of messed up. It was rigorous. I was feeling easy about my stuff on the outside. And so uncomfortable about my exposure, I had two choices. I could hide or I could perform. Which one y'all think I went for? Yeah. I went for the thumbs up. So I went to him and like, so, how did we do? How did I do? Went pretty deep, didn't we? Uh-huh. What you think? And he's kind of quiet. I'm like, crap, let me say it again. <laughs> we doing okay? Making good progress, right? Now, And like a good counselor, what did he do? He asked me a question. What do you mean by that? Question. What's behind that question? And I got scared because that was more light and more of my stuff was going to be out there by answering that question. So I got scared and, and, and I said, I don't know. And he said, well, do you, you know, what do you want? Do you want to know what I think about you? Do you want to know whether I care? And I said, no, nah, man, I don't care what you think. I want to know how the counsel is going. And it got quiet. And my man began to well up the eight tears. I'm like, oh, Lord. And he says this, things exploded. He said another, a number of things like, don't cut off my care for you. Don't do that to me. I want to care for you. Don't make me out to be a non-factor. But, but, he, but he said this, and I thought this was really interesting. He, he, he said, you have asked me to be your audience and not someone who really knows and cares for you. He said this. You would rather me applaud you than really like you. You want to hide like an actor in the performance, to trap yourself in performance and not have real fellowship in the light, not real relationship with me and me with me, me with you. Let me tell y'all, my stuff was out, but now it was all out there. I had nothing left. My performance was up. I mean, it was done. A little thumbs up went to a thumbs down. It was it was messed up. And, and I was humiliated and scared and confused by my own lack of being able to comprehend love. I did not get the gospel. 
that someone was exposing painful, honest light to my life. Not to have me perform and lie or cover up, but to reconcile and heal and cleanse and know me and love me and be for me. And I'm telling you, that kind of message is alien to us. God says to us, don't lie and make me a liar. Don't indict my exposure of your life showing that you are a sinner as simply making you want to squirm with performance he is, that he's forcing us to lie. He's just that mean girl at the party that won't dance and God is saying, don't make me to be a liar. This is good news. Not news to run from and pretend away. I did not send Jesus and open my mouth to the world so that it will perform or high. God is not about giving applause or backing us off. He's about cleansing us. Bringing us near. Giving us an honest hug of our souls. It is the kind of confusing, dazing, scary nature of the gospel that complements the first half of the message. Yes, be real. Be exposed by the light. But God says this. I am faithful and just. That means loving, y'all. To forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I have come to authenticate you to call you true, to call you to finally, for the first time in your lives, be real. And in that, be really loved. I have called Jesus in every couplet. There is Christ dying for our sins, taking away our sins so that we can be real. And he's saying, I'm not calling you to perform. I've called my son to perform for you. And the Bible says Jesus did it and heaven applauds him and welcomes you and me in. Calling us out of darkness. Leaving our lives behind. Leaving our acting career that we've called Christianity behind. To no longer live for God's or others' applause for your performance, but to live in the light of God's freedom, to be his children. Here is the gospel, that God wants to love us boundless free. He wants to forgive our sins and cleanse us, to have us and to have us, to hold us and to be with us for real and in that have us truly and really have and know each other in this fellowship and to really love and hold and have a world that is hurting. It is the outworking of the gospel in reality. The gospel calls us to lighten up in our pretense and our performance to have it all together in our own trying to make it happen to let Jesus take the load of our sin so that we can walk hand in hand truly honestly even holy with him let's pray
Lord, what kind of message is this? What kind of love is this? As the song said, what wondrous love is this? That a God who is light would call people who've lived in darkness to himself and he would do it by sending his own son to die. Lord, call us out of failed performance, failed cover-up, failed hiding, failed lying. You are the truth. Call us to that truth. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.